It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Muscle Building and Fat Loss Podcast, a podcast that discusses the latest science and research on exercise, fitness, muscle building, fat loss, and more. Here's your host, Dr. Carlos. Welcome, everyone. Today we have our special guest, Matt Estridge, talking about Fit Diesel as well as fitness and nutrition. Fit Diesel. You can find him over at Instagram at Fit Diesel Strength. You can also find him at FitDieselStrength.com. He's over there on TikTok as well. I think it's at, uh, is that Fit Diesel on TikTok? Fit Diesel on TikTok. Fit Diesel on TikTok, folks. We're going to be talking a lot about fitness today, nutrition. We talk about his new app that I highly recommend. I've been on it for over a year now. And we're going to compare a couple of different apps and see how those operated for me as well. But before we get started, you know what to do. Make sure to share, subscribe, hit that like button. You know, we like it. Let's not waste any more time. Welcome to the show, Matt Estridge. Welcome back, Matt. Thanks, Doc. Appreciate you having me on. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I'm just going to tell my TikTok live here for the people who are just joining. I'm on with Dr. C Coach, Dr. Underscore C Underscore Coach on Instagram. Following him, he's got a lot of science-based information. Uh, quite educated across many fields, and he's interviewing me today for a podcast. So stick around and see if you can learn something about some nutrition, strength, conditioning from a science-based point of view. Absolutely. Thank you very much. You know, Matt, we've known each other for several years now, and Fit Diesel's been around. And I'll get to my story a little later, as so we're going to be talking about my journey and how Fit Diesel's helped me as well. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about your background in the fitness world and the beginning of Fit Diesel. Background in the fitness world. So I was a kid who started out um, with, you know, I always knew Arnold, you know, we were one of those, you know, one of those stories <laughs> and around 12, I got my first set of dumbbells and a, and a book that programmed and fast forward, I spent from basically 12 into 29 in a bro science world. And I never, and I was even a strength coach at the university of Tennessee, uh, 2003 to five. I was an athlete before that. But strength coach under John Stuckey uh, for a little bit before transitioning to Johnny Long under the Philip Fulmer era. And been around a lot of athletes, trained a lot of athletes that went to the info combine and made it through. Went in the government as a counterterrorism agent and was a fitness coordinator for hundreds and hundreds of agents. And finally got to science based in 2009. So from 94 to 2009 was bro science and I and it was honestly infuriating so once I got to science based 
things started to come together, make sense. Fat loss was much easier. Uh, it was sustainable. I could continue. I could have physiques and my own physique continue to grow muscularly, stay linear around, start to build metabolism, which I didn't even think was a real thing at that time. And the way Fit Diesel came about is when I was medically retired from counterterrorism, our CEO, my wife, Nikki, uh, of Fit Diesel and Tier 1, we'll talk about that later on another podcast, she said, obviously, you're not retiring and you have to have something. Because a lot of guys from, from my field or spec ops, as you've interviewed many, we don't transition too well, especially when it's an abrupt injury. So she encouraged me. She said, why don't you do this thing? And she said, do you got any ideas for names? And I told her, I said, the, the only thing when we were young that in my era that we thought was BA, when we called somebody BA, we were like, man, that dude's cock diesel. And she goes, cock diesel's not going to work out too well with branding and marketing. It's just not going to be a good name. She goes, we could be real funny with it, but I'm not sure how serious somebody's going to take you. So uh, she said, how about we go with leave the diesel? I like that. And let's get the fit on the front of it. And then we roll with fit diesel. And that's, that's how it kind of came about. <laughs> that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> Fit Diesel. Again, folks, you can find them over at Fit Diesel Strength on Instagram. So, man, that's, you know, it's interesting you mentioned bro science. And that's a battle that we see in today's world continuously. And it's hard. I mean, I, I, I understand the challenges people have out there. It's been ingrained in us for, what, 50 years since the 70s when Schwarzenegger and Colombo and everybody really ballooned up. Um, yep. But and some things were interesting. I mean, so they were they were spot on in some some areas. Of course, they were right in some areas. They were off, and and that's that's normal. And as I think you said around two thousand nine, which I think the research really started to get heavy around two thousand nine, right around there. All of a sudden, because before you would look up, I don't know if you remember. I'm older than you. I, I just remember when I was training years ago. You get one study and everybody ran with it. Oh, you can't put your knees over your, your feet. And that was just yeah. one study and everybody is like, okay. And it changed. And now it's like, you'll have a dozen of them. <laughs> it's changed so much. <laughs> I remember that exactly. Matter of fact, I remember getting the studies or something new at the university of Tennessee. We'd be like, Oh, that's, that's the way to go. And we were all, we understood. So John Stuckey was a hall of fame strength coach. So there were some things that people figured out anecdotally. He always told us, he's like, look, guys, knees have to go over toes to some degree. I don't know where this stuff's coming from. He said, you can't have a proper squat with hip drive back without that. And it depends on the guy's femur, depends on their lumbar, depends on, you know, what's their tibia, fibia length, all, all that. He said, that's why we have basketball players. We're not having them squat to the floor, but our throwers are squatting to the floor. Maybe our linemen are, all that kind of stuff. But, and so we, we ran with things the same way that you exactly said. It was just like that. And, we went through the the hit and the, the CrossFit and and honestly, uh, terribly, a lot of it is majorly influenced by Hollywood because you got the Superman workout and then you got the 300 workout and then everybody's just jumping on these trainers and thinking that's gold. Um, and and I was a person who did it too, but it just that's not the case. The case the, the case. If it wasn't for people like Alan Aragon, which you've interviewed, or Dr. Bill Campbell's. You know, if, but definitely Alan Aragon is a pioneer. We wouldn't even have what we have now. They just said, hey, it's time to put this stuff to test. And let's see if it comes out as researchers that understand how to research with human outcome data that's controlled tightly, 
that we're going to replicate to the point now where we have meta-analyses and let's put that into action anecdotally. Because as Bill Campbell says a lot of times, he always he always appreciates the the coach because he said, I like I'm I'm in a research lab. I want to see my science, what it does with real people, anecdotally as well. So and we're just at a really good spot now where we have a lot of studies, a lot of researchers, a lot of information. The negative is, as you know, we have so much information and so many people, as we said before we started today, that are knowledgeable, but they're knowledgeable enough to be dangerous. That old saying, it's very true. I mean, you had the influencer recently that died due to malnutrition. Oh, yeah, the yoga instructor or something. Exactly. Vegan, the, yeah. the fruit, vegan, yeah. And then you have the other thing, too, is with the Arnold era, and it's still happening today, these people, I mean, I don't care for 20s or 30s. I have people who are 40 years old coming to me and saying, hey, I just can't get this physique like this guy. And I said, because somehow you've made it this far and don't realize that that guy is on performance enhancing drugs, PEDs. And it's not possible to achieve that naturally. And when you're natural and, and unnatural, that's a different training in the gym. You can get away with a heck of a lot more. You can eat almost zero protein on PEDs. You can go to the gym and literally just do as much volume as you want. Forget progressive overload achievement. You can just go in there and crush it. You don't have to do some math. You don't have to know total poundage. I mean, you could just do that, and a lot of them do. I mean, you hear Jay Cutler or Ronnie Coleman. If you hear Ronnie Coleman speak as much as I like Ronnie Coleman, when I hear him speak as educated as I have come to be now, I'm always going to be learning. I'm like, man, that guy knows zero almost when it comes to what is mechanical tension and intensity. And if he was training a natural, I would fair to say he'd probably get him injured. Okay. It's a different game. And if you're not educated enough, it's like when we hear stuff about um, medical research coming out, they do the same thing, but I'm not educated in certain medical areas. So I don't know what's true. I have no clue. And so it's easy to be taken advantage of. And that's the bad thing about nutrition and strength conditioning is so much misinformation. Man, you got so many points there. You hit the hornet's nest now. And folks, that's one thing about Matt. Honestly, you know, I've known Matt for several years, but he's sharp. He knows his stuff. He knows the research. He knows the science-based stuff. It isn't like you just got some guy who looks great because he doesn't look great. I mean, if you look at his body fat, it's under the it's under the single digits. I mean, the guy knows his stuff when you, and you ask him about it and it's a combination. He knows he used to be in the world of bro science and now he's in the world of research. And it's funny because I know um, I had a train of thought and I lost it. Oh, one of the things I spoke to somebody a couple months ago and he made a great point. He said, exactly. We were talking about how we used to look at Iron Magazine together. Mm -hmm. And um, you too, we all looked at it. And he said, yeah, but Carlos, those workouts were designed for somebody who's on PEDs and somebody who's been working out for seven years. So yes. you got somebody who's working out for six months like we did when we first started. And I said, yeah, but you know what the problem is? Some people still get results. And he goes, yeah, I know that's a challenge. But they don't they they plateau much sooner and they can get injured much sooner. And it was an interesting issue. I don't know what you thought about that. My my thought is everything that you and I did in, in watching you know, documentaries back then, which I mean, you know, weren't really the greatest documentaries, or Flex magazine or whatever it was, 
you get that workout and you go to try to do it. The number of times as a younger trainee that I lost strength and muscle due to overtraining, I can, I'm telling you, I did it for years off and on. It happened every time. And my performance in certain athletics would lower because I didn't understand how to, to pull back and maintain muscle and focus on the athletic event and know that you're not going to be recomping during an athletic season toward the end, like football players. Football players notoriously will lose poundage by the end of the year. They've lost some strength and some muscle by the end of the year because they're focused on playing, not the gym. They're just in the gym to maintain. When we're talking about summer and we get them back in there, man, we're hitting it five days a week. When we're talking about in season, we're talking about a quick workout. Sometimes they're 30, 45 minutes, maybe two times a week. Three now. And because it's changed, we understand you can't overtrain these athletes. And so, yeah, I've done exactly what you're talking about doing. I've I've actually lost strength and lost muscle from overtraining. Now, I will say the majority of people you and I are talking to out there that don't understand that they think they, they're doing a reps in reserve of, of one rep or two or three reps, which, which they think they should be in that range to grow. And you should for, for intermediate and advanced trainees. Beginners, it could be five reps from, from true technical failure for a set. But when you look at someone who's like me or you would where you're trained to that level and you go way past that, like you're on PDs, but you're not, then you're going to lose muscle and strength. The majority of people we're talking to, they never even get within five or six reps of failure. And that's why they're never really growing too. So we have, we have the group of people who largest majority that don't train hard enough with intensity. And we have the group of people like us that will overtrain and actually lose physical strength and muscle because we lack the knowledge that wasn't there. That's so true. By the way, folks, if you're curious, if you're not, I don't know, uh, I, Matt is not paying me for this. Fit Diesel does not pay me. They don't sponsor me in any way. I just, again, people ask me, why do you do it? What, what do you care so much about it? I know some people care about it because they're protecting others from getting misinformation and leading to tragic situations, which I, I agree with too. But mine was personal in the sense of I had a baseball dream. And I was a pitcher in high school and I had a 90 something mile an hour in fastball in sophomore year. And I was doing really well, but the coaches we had weren't real coaches. They were just, the school didn't have the money. So we just picked up these guys and I was working out five, six days a week during pitching season. And I look mm -hmm. back at it now going, that's what ruined my arm <laughs> because I was giving it no break whatsoever. And my fastball started tailing off to 85 and I couldn't figure out why and that ruined my my opportunity for that career because I really thought I had a shot. And some people thought I might have too. And uh, yeah, to me, that always annoys me. It's, it's it was, And now I look back and I'm like, geez, Louise. And I want to make sure that people understand that th there is a science behind it. And I know I've talked to, I don't know if you know Cal Dietz. He's a uh, athletic director. Yeah, I like him a lot. And he mentioned something that goes along the same lines you just said right now. You're talking to the gen pop. He was talking about athletes, but he applied it to the gen pop as well. But what he said is everybody's individualistic, Carlos. It just depends. As you said earlier, femur length, things of that nature is going to dictate the workouts. He says, my, my studies are right here in the lab. I got hundreds of athletes that I work with every three to four months. I watch them. There's some of these are Olympic athletes and I get to see what works and what doesn't work. And it's the same thing here. This is why if you don't have a trainer, 
I check out Fit Diesel Strength over on Instagram. See what they're all about. Check them on their website, fitdieselstrength.com, if I can even talk. you got some great online programs that work with you one-on-one. It's awesome stuff because it is individually tailored. You just mentioned it a minute ago, Matt. This is one of the biggest problems I see is people see somebody out there. They'll see Matt, who's what, 6'1"? Yeah, six six foot, 200 pounds, but they're 5'8". 150 they want to look like Matt. it's like you won't be able to you'll you'll look great but you won't look like Matt because maybe Matt has the longer we're about the same height but you might have longer legs than i do longer arms different types of biceps everything yeah you i say this a lot when i'm on tiktok live like some people here watching now being interviewed by you you if you want someone to sustain whatever goal they have, it's muscle gain, fat loss, whatever it is, for a lifetime. Be in their 40s and 50s and 60s and and looking like somebody who's in their 20s, which you can do. People don't understand that. You can do that. It will take effort, absolutely. It will take education, for sure. The quintessential, if you had to draw it down to one thing, is – yeah, we can say specificity, but I say you're you're training someone to their personality. Somebody, we got tons of people. We're all different. I mean, we're talking about different fingerprint, different DNA. No one's the same in that regard. We're not cloned. So some people, like my wife, she eats the majority of her calories morning to mid afternoon. And ladies on their menstrual cycle will are kind of like that too, but not all of them. Well. For me, I'm a guy who has, I'm the opposite of her. I fuel my workouts and stuff and get my protein in the morning, but I'm not hungry. I'm ready to go. I have plenty of energy because I eat later in the evening. And I have the energy there. If I made her do what I do, which we've done that before, she's unsuccessful. She's very hungry. She's very tired. Would she adapt to that? Sure. But guess what? She may adapt to it physically, but she doesn't mentally like it. Mm -hmm. So if you make someone go do deadlift and they hate deadlifting, then they're not going to be successful at working out when they could have just, if a lady likes curtsy lunge and she loves it and she loves to do uh, kickbacks for glute raise, you know, posterior uh, chain, you, then let her do that because it's going to do the same thing. I mean, unless you're trying to be a power lifter, which is true, she's not. Nutrition has to be the same way. You have to be able to look at foods and say, Yeah, we want them to have a whole foods approach. You know, pick three or five fruits and vegetables and whole grains and protein sources are lean. Have some discretionary calories for fun. You never say no to it, but you have it in moderation. And it can change each day. I mean, it could. You you can fit your cravings. If you give someone that ability, training-wise, cardio-wise, whatever it is their goals are, and, and nutritionally, well, you can do that the rest of your life. You can't eat fish and broccoli and no breads for the rest of your life or do keto for the rest of your life. There's a there's a small percentage of people, but it's definitely less than 1% that could do that. Carbs are fun. That's why they're at parties. That's why they're at events. That's why they're on vacation, because carbs are fun. Carbs and fats are. If you just tell somebody you have to eat low-carb the rest of your life, they're not going to have a fun life. And guess what? They did it for nothing, for not, because carbs aren't the problem. And that's, that's why... The Fit Diesel app or my coaching, everything we do, even our workout programs, as I've told you before, Doc, they every program I design, well, not every program, the four-day, six-day, and the home workout, all are designed, even the free workout we have on our app, is designed for a beginner, intermediate, or advanced trainee. 
Because if you're just going to give a workout program, how are you going to cover everybody? If you yeah. don't mention all three trainee levels, if you don't give them the range of reps that are allowed in science, the sets for muscle group per week that we know that are at least optimal from right now, what's the positive and negative, the concentric and eccentric phase? What's a ratio? If you're not telling them all that, then you're not training to that person. You're just telling them some cookie cutter thing. That's absolutely true. That's the magazines. Yeah. That was the magazines that we had. Anyway, can your audience hear me on TikTok? Um, guys, can you hear Dr. Carlos on TikTok? Is it loud enough for you to hear? Seawater 30, can you give me an answer on that? I saw you. Can you? The only reason yes, I'm asking. Yes, you can hear him. Okay. Yep. Oh, wait, yeah, they can hear you. Go ahead. All right, good. So the only reason is because I know we're going to dive a little deeper in there. So if your audience wants to stick around for that, we're going to dive a little deeper into the nutrition because now you're starting to go into the area that this is what I experienced with the Fit Diesel app. So this is what I experienced with another app. Nothing against them. Carbon was it was a it was a fine app in the beginning. We'll talk about that right now. I guess it's a good time. Um, sure. And it's interesting. I'll talk about my journey. We'll integrate some of the stuff you talked about. So the first time, just for everybody out there. Uh, I was a personal trainer for about 10 or 12 years. Um, then I stopped. Life took over. I got my doctorate, kids, everything slowed me down. I got up to about 33% body fat at about 225. I'm about six feet. It just depends how much hair I got. Sometimes I'm six feet, sometimes I'm 5'11". But when I got up there, it was about 220 something. And um, I started realizing, I think it was in October of 2021, I said, okay, I got to, I got to change this. I got to do it. My life is back. It's settled. Everything's going in. Now I got to get serious about this. And I started doing it. I went on a carnivore diet first. We did that for about four months before I even did carbon or fit diesel. So I went on the car, the carnivore diet. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, pretty much ate steak all the time. Some weeks were fish, some weeks were chicken and I was losing weight. Obviously, because obviously the calories were dropping and so forth. <laughs> then as, as that went on, I plateaued and I started realizing I got to start doing something. I'm not eating the way I'm supposed to. I started doing the zigzag thing that I learned from years ago. That wasn't working out. I was having some kind of issues. And then I started getting, I got to start dialing in more. And that's when I started going to uh, carbon. I think at that point I was at about 19% body fat, 20. I had dropped from 33 down to 19 or 20. We started doing that for a little bit. It got me down to about 16% body fat, but then it just kept cutting calories. And it wasn't a knock against them, but it was just kept calling calories. Well, I guess it is a knock against it because I was going too low. <laughs> I was getting really unhappy. I was having a difficult time maintaining energy, couldn't work really well. And I'm starting to figure out, well, I'm going to have to eat a certain amount of calories. I mean, I got to go teach today. I got to load up before I go because I won't make it through the class. There was times I could not last in the class teaching. I didn't have enough juice in me to do it. Um, you called them up and they told you, you know, you just got to up your calories, but that wasn't presented unless you asked. And here's where the, the shift happened. Cause you, we reached out to me, we talked for a while and I said, I got to try this fit diesel thing out. So we tried the app and that was the unique thing. Cause it talked about exactly what you just said. Now carbs weren't the enemy. We can still live a normal life and enjoy your food, make it much more palatable, make it much more, um, how would you say normal? Where I could have, if I wanted a cookie, I could have a cookie thrown in there. Just had to adjust the calories. Uh, you even told me at one point, and as everybody's different, so he may tell you something different. You know, say back off, don't do too much cardio, slow it down right now. And I was getting ready to up it because I was trying to do it without any cardio. So I backed off, and uh, I think we went from eighteen percent when I started with you 
I think it was 18, 18%. Now I'm down to about 10 and a half. So we started going that route. But that was the neat thing. That was one aspect is you could eat whatever you want. I was able to see what the calories were every week, folks. It gives you how many calories you're supposed to eat, or it kind of gives you the algorithm kind of picks it up. So usually it goes you up and then drops you back down, goes back up, drops you back down. But psychologically, it was fine with me. I knew this week was a little lighter. I'm going to set my workouts accordingly, set some of the other activity accordingly. Next week, oh, carbs, calories are probably going to go up. I'm going to increase workouts. <laughs> I'm going to hit heavy weights. The next week, maybe I'll do hit combined or something else, more jujitsu, whatever it is. And it really worked really well for me. That's why I enjoyed the fifth diesel. Again, I'm not getting paid for it. Um, but I think that's the advantage it had over carbon. Carbon was very limited. It had, it, they did allow me to track the food, which was nice. But again, it was limiting. It didn't have that personal monitor. The other great thing about yours too is the videos. I forgot to mention that. You have a lot of videos every week. And there were some weeks where I had questions and you like almost read my mind, even though we never talked, but you're, there was questions where you knew people had. And it was like, I don't know. I don't get this. I'm not losing as much. And then in there you pop up. Well, you know, you're not going to lose as much as you think. And I was like, oh, what the heck was that all about? <laughs> so it was kind of interesting to say that. Yeah. So the coaching, when I tell people macro coach, which is what I call the computer version of me coaching someone, the virtual coaching version of me is what we call it. I've coached so many people. I know what their pitfalls are. And, and even when I learn as a coach, because I've changed something for you all that some people have noticed, some haven't. There's a, there's less of a calorie swing now. Mm. And it's within your diet range because, and that also our messaging is a little different last month because some people said, Hey Matt, it's kind of discouraging to get this message. And I'm, and the funny thing about coaching is most of our decisions our science is there. Most of our decisions are actually a decision made off of how can we best psychologically give this person the most optimistic view to continue progressing. Our decisions are psychological decisions, mostly, when we give a message. So we've changed some of that stuff. So when someone, there's certain time periods, there's a range of time periods when somebody's going to lose weight diet that I know when they don't hit a target goal weight, and it's been that way for three or four weeks and it's going to happen that that video is there and that message is there. And now it's saying, Hey, weight loss isn't linear. There may not go three or four weeks. Oh, if you're building muscle and you're getting stronger, it might be seven to nine weeks even. And, and that new message is there along with that video to explain that because if you have an app, which like you mentioned, like I'll just say it publicly carbon, for example, Tammy is a good friend of mine and, and she's a coach for team by Lane. I don't know Lane personally, but Lane and I have a lot in common, actually. Um, really do. Uh, he has a son that's autistic. So do I. We both love mm -hmm. nutrition, strength, conditioning. He's more. He's got a PhD. He's more educated than me in that regard. A very, a very good uh, business, uh, a good app. It's just, I think the difference is I wanted to take this app and what the capabilities are to a level that's not in the industry. I wanted to be innovative. And, and we just had the knowledge and the coaching approach to be innovative. And I, I really wanted to do this because my driving factor was, oh, let me create an app to beat somebody else. Because our, our conception was 2017, which was before Carbon. But Lane was a part of something called Avatar, which I didn't know much about. But it was something similar, apparently, before 2017. So we weren't first in the game, was what I found out. But... 
not far behind apparently. But I wanted people to do this because I came from a background from nothing. I was one of those kids that has one of those stories. And I, I was around in my career, as you know, from all the, the tactics podcasts we've done and things, people who have nothing as well. And it's not fair because they're disadvantaged because they don't have the money to come purchase me as a coach uh, at the level I've made it to now with the professional athletes I have or Olympia winners or NFLers or whatever else or the number of general population that we get to the goals we have. So I wanted to create something that someone could afford. Oh, and, and the premise was like, remember back in the day, we don't have this anymore, but McDonald's, you go there and get a, uh, a meal for, you know, for a buck. It was like the dollar menu. To be the dollar menu of fitness mm. and, yeah. and give people the opportunity to be able to have honestly doc, there's so many bad coaches out there. Macro coach for less than a dollar a day could outcoach many who charge $400, $500, that shouldn't be doing it. Um, right. So that's what that's the point of it, to be honest. That's the reason behind it. That's always been there. <laughs> Unfortunate. Yeah. Had bad coaches for a long time. And there still <laughs> will be. I, look, I was a bad coach at one point, Doc, not because I was tried to be or I was being a swindler. It's because I lacked – we, we say this in martial arts when we talk about that or the tactic stuff. It's the same in fitness. In any, any field, you're only as good. You can only rise to the level of pedigree that you have. And your pedigree is going to be a ceiling for you, whatever that pedigree is. Well, in my tactics world, you have to be around the best, the best we have in the U.S., so my pedigree is high and my performance will dictate that live videos, whatever else. It's like, nope, that's that time hack. That's it. Those movements. Nutrition, strength, conditioning. I've learned from pioneers. And I pay to learn from pioneers. I still pay to learn from pioneers. And if that's that's the level, if you want to be the best or be among the best, then you're going to have to be a, at the highest pedigree. And I just didn't have that pre-2009. No. No, nobody did. You know, it's interesting. I want to see if hopefully your folks will be able to hear this and, and understand it as well. I'm sure they'll understand it, but it's really different in today's world because you have a lot of people that just go ahead and regurgitate whatever else somebody else is regurgitating because you can do that pretty quickly now on, on social media. But what's missing is the ability to connect experience, connect knowledge of other research, connect education which they don't have that's usually the problem they, they get stuck when you get to that point because all of a sudden yeah but you know they do this and they do that with studies da, 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 da. and that's where you come in and a couple of other influences out there that really break down alan aragon being another one of course and bill campbell they really break down and explain research studies and why you can't just jump on the bandwagon because of a research study and that's kind of a question that I guess the first one leads me to fitness and nutrition is where there's two groups of people now in a lot of different areas of fitness makes it complicated to ask you this. But there's two groups of people now, the people that look, just eat what you want, watch out for your calories, watch out for your protein. And there's the other group. No, 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 no. You can't eat protein bars. You shouldn't have anything with, uh, grapeseed oil or this kind of oil and all that and then what do they call those they think they're called the exclusionary fitness influencers the ones that exclude foods because they know it works it's a marketing thing 
And I know some yeah. people right now listening to you and people listening to my podcast are going to be pissed off at me and they'll probably say he doesn't know what he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know anything or whatever. And I get that. The question I have to ask you, which is I ask everybody, where did you get your foundation to disprove somebody else? And this is a complicated comment. So I want people to hear carefully because we come back and people will argue with me. And they'll say, well, that's not true because this is this, this. And I said, yeah, but what made you believe that person over me? Even though both of us have looked at research studies and you don't have any clue about research studies. And the bottom line is confirmation bias. They believe what they believe. So they're going to agree with the person who agrees with it. That's it. It's because they have no other foundation. They don't have the knowledge to say, well, when I studied at Cornell, I looked at this and this is why he's right. They don't. The conversation ends there. I don't know if you had any comments on that. I do. I went down the rabbit hole they did. And the difference in me is, for some reason, I wasn't like my family. I called it a God thing. I, just, I, I was meant to be, I was meant to have certain skills and have a certain life if I chose to go that route. So for me, if something can't be, at least not in the faith world, but in the in our world we're talking about, if something can't be proven to me, if I cannot see an adaptation occur, then it's not working. If it's not long-term sustainable, then it's just not. So I went down the keto route, but I wasn't just a keto guy that got the, the sticks and you urinate on them. I, was, I, had a, I purchased a glucometer. I had, oh yeah, blood glucose. Took blood after every meal, documented every single millimole blood glucose reading, all of it. Uh, got millimoles into uh, at 4.5 sometimes, which is high. That's the high end of millimoles. I mean, you're yeah. crushing it. And that's just about asking genetics too there too. My, I mean, Nikki did it too, but she didn't get much above 2.5. We were strength training. I felt miserable, Doc. Fasting, I've done it. I've done alternate day. There was an MMA fighter I trained with in the government that – he his uh his his name was hilarious he's he was named i can actually say his name his name was the funeral the funeral was his body name anyway, undertaker <laughs> yeah there, there you go so he would do alternate day fasting i've done that i've done the 16 and 8 i've i've done paleo I, only i have not done is is uh pescatarian uh technically um i've done that Ameritrain, I went through it. I went through it all. And when I was studying the science-based. So what I found is that the people you're talking about, we're talking about here that are kind of the pseudoscientists, we'll call them, or this, even the charlatans, the ones who are going to be fraudulent in what they're trying to do. They just have a money game, that's it. They never could have a continuation of, of an articulation that came to a conclusion that you could see produced physically at some point. It, it was not, it was not long lived. But Alan Aragon was my first source. source. And then I went down the trail of Alan Aragon and that he, the difference in him and others was this, humility, articulate all day long. When he didn't know something like why fat cells retain water, we know they do. That's why the scale weight doesn't move down. Your body is defending itself because of what happens with leptin and ghrelin. We can go down a whole rabbit hole. But he said, 
we don't know mechanistically. We don't know why. And I don't know if we're going to know in my lifetime. It's that complicated. So there was humility. There was no arrogance in, oh, this has got to be how it is. Uh, They've made those mistakes as researchers when they were young. So they know better than that. And what they said came true. My physique started changing. I was sustaining things. I was eating carbs and losing fat. I was eating higher fats sometimes. I was being flexible with my diet. So for me, it's because I tested all of them out for the most part and didn't quit until I got to a source like Alan Aragon. And then when the sources that made the most sense and, and produced action continued to, I said, that's the sources. And then the more I learned, I learned to be able to read studies and go, oh, that's why Dr. Fung's insulin obesity model does not work because it's in the details of doubly labeled water because they didn't take out the water from the carbohydrate groups, which in fact turns that your study is pretty much flushed down the toilet. It means nothing. It's either bias or you're a bad researcher. Which one is it? Um, so doc, that that's that's how I came about my knowledge. That's how I trial and aired it to get to it. And it took time. It took there was about three and a half years. Nikki can remember that. Man, I was like when I wasn't training in the government doing something. I was and even when I was on missions. There's downtime, as you know. I was in it, man. It was like I went back to school uh, and was just locked in. Well, I can tell. I can tell by talking to you and listening to your answers and questions that you know your crap. You know your stuff really well. And I'll test you right now. And this is one of the things people need to know out there. Are there any absolutes? Are there any givens in science and research? There's not. There's a lot of supporting information for theories but there's never anything that's really 100 percent boom every time if to me there's two absolutes that popped in my head energy balance hmm. at the end of the day will drive a maintenance of weight an uh, increase in weight or fat uh, or decrease in fat that's not going to ever change that's true. That's independent of a thyroid condition. Co- correct. Correct. Yeah. Like Nikki has thyroid condition. Her basal metabolic rates could be at 25% lower, but they still lose fat no matter what. And if we'll look at this, we can't do this kind of study anymore, but think about it. When they did the Matador study and they tried to mimic uh, individuals in the Holocaust, well, they kept losing fat. That's why they were skin and bones because they, yes, they had metabolic adaptation. Absolutely. Downregulation metabolism happened but they didn't have any food given to them and they still had to move some they were forced to. So you can starve yourself to death and, and it's still be in a calorie deficit. So it can happen. So energy balance, no matter if you have Hashimoto's menopause, hypothyroidism, PCOS, it's energy balance now. Uh, and you could have a less of an advantageous energy balance than somebody else genetically or because of a, a disease state or something. The other one I would say is that muscle. Now, this one's this one's more like I'm going to say it, and 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 I'm wondering if science is ever going to show me different. We'll see. The number two rule in building muscle: intensity. Mm. If you're not near failure, if you're not signaling the muscle 
that it has to adapt to a stimulus, it's not going to grow. That's the only other, that's the only two things that popped in my head that I would say, hey, these are, if I had to fundamentally say these are absolutes, it's those two things. And that's the magic question. I think the magic comment you made is that if science doesn't prove me wrong, and that's the mindset of a real scientist, is somebody who knows this is what we have right now. The odds are in favor of this, and we wait, and maybe it'll change. But, you know, you can only do so much, right? We can only work off of whatever we got right now, what the probabilities are. So it isn't like you just can say, well, I'll work out when everybody knows 100% for sure. Because it will never happen. They'll never get to that day. No. No. So he, I was just going to say, are, he passed the quiz, folks. He did pass the quiz. He passed the quiz. <laughs> That's good. Um, I mean, there's, there's people who've asked me questions that are very deep into biochemistry on lives because they have like a master's in biochem. And they'll say, you know, what do you think about this? And I'll say, you have surpassed my subject matter expertise. And it's not that I don't want to learn that. It's just Alan Aragon told me something one time that, that stuck with me for good. He said, Matt, you do not have to be a researcher or know what I know to be a great coach. He said, and thankfully, we don't have to understand to that detailed microbiology level or chemi chemistry level to be able to coach people. Um, like, for example, I like to peak clients for stage. You know, I have Colin Congo, my 2018 Mr. Olympia Natural client. I, I, I peak a lot of people that are on, when to go on a magazine cover or somebody wants to go on vacation and just look good on vacation. I did pick up a biochemistry book. Um, and went and cherry picked certain parts of it about potassium, electrolytes, uh, sodium, of course, a carbohydrate, um, hydration, how it affects cells and cell volume. Uh, and I did that because to make someone look great, it, it, it requires that knowledge. You have to understand what what sodium and potassium and carbohydrate and water uh, do to a cell in the body and what it makes you look like if you want to time people up perfectly. But do you need to know the rest of that's in the, the biochemistry book? No, you don't. So um, what I do now is I hone my education into what's practical from science. And the science that I may be curious about, or I'd love to sound good on a podcast if I was asked some detailed question about microbiology, I'll leave that to the side and say, that's for somebody else. That's from somebody I learned from. That's from a master's or PhD that I learned from. That's their arena. I'll leave that to them. Yeah, it's interesting. That reminded me of when I was reading Brad Schoenfeld's book. And I was like, whoa, this guy's getting really deep in here. The soccer mirrors and things that that nature and i was like whoa this guy's getting so into this <laughs> biology component of it it was mm -hmm. cool i mean I had, I had to really trudge through it to be able to get through it again but uh, it was interesting it was really fascinating and i guess the interesting point you just made is that's what your fit diesel app does it considers yeah. water volume it considers sodium because i think one of your questions at the end of the week is hey did you increase your sodium intake and we've talked yeah. about it yeah. yeah. Do you, it says, uh, do you have any external factors? And it gives you the list of external factors, the sodium, the fiber, sleep or stress, because if you do have the knowledge, you understand that <clears throat> do many coaches coach with this? No, I've heard from Alan. I've heard from Dr. Bill Campbell say some of the things that you're doing, we've not heard of anybody doing 
the reason Bill, the thing that Bill Campbell said to me, this was on a private message. It wasn't like Alan's. It was on public and it's on my TikTok and Instagram. You can see his reply to people about my reverse dotting method, my specific approach. I didn't create reverse dotting, but my approach is innovative. I found out from them. I didn't think it was before. They're the ones who told me, hey, no, no one's doing this with these kind of results um, that we've seen. So um, I think it, not utilizing external factors. Would a coach be able to coach somebody well? Absolutely. Coaches do it all the time. I have good friends from science-based coaches that do it. But I, you know me from the government stuff and the tactical stuff, I want optimal. I want every ounce of everything I can get. And if my people that are like on here and live or clients from here can be, cannot be hit as hard from a calorie deficit or change their calories, if they can get to their goal faster, what am I doing? Two things. Number one, we're making them happy. They want to get there. And number two, the second thing that makes Fit Diesel, I hope, different than others is I take care of your wallet like I do my wallet. I'm never going to go wrong there. I knew the danger of greed. It was the only thing I knew about business. Don't be greedy. It will it will show, and I think your success will be less. I know people who are are successful, but I don't think I have that kind of luck. I didn't have a business degree. I didn't have all that. That wasn't my forte. So for me, you choosing external factors changes it, and it does change our coaching, whether it's a metabolic build or a lose weight or if it's maintenance now. If you're a maintained diet plan, you'll get there, Doc, when you're done. And it will say this week was your weight fluctuation from external factors. And it will matter because if it's external factors, you don't need to change your calories based off of weight change. There's no reason to. You just went somewhere else and had some, some you went to Mexican, you went to sushi. You know, uh, the summer changed the heat. You got, you were perspiring a ton. You're outside. You're not drinking as much water. All of a sudden, the body's retaining water. Okay. You have to understand is it, is the scales average data, is it portraying the truth of I'm gaining or losing or maintaining, or is it being masked by the typical fluid retention, giving away and taking in the body does to be in a homeostasis and survive. And I think it matters in coaching. I agree. And the interesting thing too, folks, is you learn so much about yourself and your body. I remember texting you, Matt, a couple of times. I started seeing when I had a food, when I went out to go to Ruby's, for instance, I knew I was going to shoot up the next morning. I would go from 193 and the next morning it was up to 197. And there's no way I got it, you know, but I knew in a couple of days it was going to drop back down. If it was, if it, if it even it took 48 hours and I was back down to 193, 194, sometimes it dropped to 192. And it was like, well, this is driving me nuts. So the neat thing about your app is that when it mentions the external factors, it's kind of like, oh, I get it. It explains to me what drives everybody nuts. Is like, oh my God, I gained five pounds. And the other key point you made a while back ago, actually, but I think it ties in is the linear component. Because I think a lot of people believe from the old saying that we used to do with 3,500 calories every week, that you're supposed to lose like clockwork every week, <laughs> one pound of fat. And it's nice and clean. But it's not really accurate. It's maddening, isn't it? You get this a lot? Oh, all the time. So, I mean, I, I have a pretty a pretty hefty roster. I always keep one. Uh, I'm Tammy's told me, because I don't, I don't say publicly, I don't want other coaches to try to match something or, or not match it. But I think they can kind of get me some kind of, oh, I can coach that many. 
No, you, you need to coach what you can, what you can quality, your quality control needs to be there with how many people you coach. But I coach a good number of people and it's just all the time. So, I mean, I have a lot in our, in MacroCoach, it's a database. I have analytics and lots of specific analytics that I want to know. So, I mean, I get thousands and thousands of data points just given to me that quickly, plus the ones are coaching. And that's why Alan Aragon was like, you get so much data. It's, it's, you're not a researcher. You're fair to say it, but it's like, you're doing research. She said, you're doing it because you're seeing it live. What happens to people? What trends are there? You know, he's even have, I even have trends on pregnancy and, and breastfeeding uh, that I see from different metabolic build or lose weight or what happens to them. And yet it's very interesting. I'm very interested in that. Technically it's, it's something that's not many coaches do, but I'm very interested in it. So you have to, to me, Doc, you, you have to tell people the what, how, and why. Dieting, we know, is the, the, the game is lost psychologically and emotionally. The most recent study was weight fluctuation was the reason for failure. Previous to that, it was compliance, consistency. Well, guess what? They relate. You could just put those two studies together and say, well, the weight fluctuation affects the consistency. I mean, it is. Because people were like, hey, I gained three pounds, man. I'm on a diet. Forget it. I'm just going to go binge. And people have done it plenty of times. I've been dieting for four weeks and I haven't lost any weight. This isn't working. I'm just going to knee jerk and just do a bunch of cardio and drop a bunch of calories. Or I'm going to go on this carnivore diet or, or keto diet. And then it'll work for a while and they plateau. And they don't know why they don't plateau. Why? Because they don't have an approach to fat loss video that explains what happens in fat loss and what to expect. The biggest thing that I do is not only does the science work, but I'm a big fan of prediction. If you can tell a client, this is going to happen around this time period, and it does, they're like, oh man, he told me that was gonna happen, and then, oh, it did happen, and okay, and I'm, gonna get, I'm getting progress. And then you hear it again, and you hear it again. And then you, if you're in an app, you're hearing it time and time again, you're like, okay, I'm sold, dude, I'm, it's here. He's predicted it, and I'm looking in the mirror, and the results are here. I'm eating a thousand calories more. And I'm, I'm down two pounds or three, or you might have some people who are down twelve. You know how my other body reacts if they're strength training or not. So, I know, I know from teaching the government, the biggest thing that caused failure of someone obtaining a skill or knowledge was they were told what to do, and maybe the how wasn't as good as it should have been taught but they didn't know why they were doing it. And I think the why is important to all of us. Why is my weight not moving on the scale? Why am I heavier today? Why am I so hungry when I'm increasing calories? You have to know the why. And if I tell you the why in those videos and messages, then you, okay, all right, let me just, let me give it a chance. And then all of a sudden, that's why people finish. Our finishing rate's high. And it's about to be higher with a couple other things we're making some changes on. Um, and I think that's very important, the why in life. I mean, you're, you're the psychologist. You're the expert there. Is the, how, how important is the why to people, Doc? Oh, it's huge. And by the way, folks, again, we're talking to Matt Estridge from Fit Diesel Strength. You can find him on Instagram or fitdieselstrength.com. No, you're absolutely right. Having a reason for it. But also, that, that's the neat thing about your app. And again, this isn't a... It isn't, it isn't a pejorative comment towards the other apps that I've used, 
or the one app that I used, but it's something I lacked. It was a limitation in which it was, it didn't have that constant monitoring that yours does. And it makes it seem like you actually have a trainer with you when you're really technically don't have one on with you all the time, but you do because you have your videos that are kind of giving you the insight of what's going to happen to you because it is, it's really unusual. And there's so many factors. And I know we're going to explore this in the future as we come to an end here soon on this podcast today, folks, this is just part one of a lot of different, uh, we're going to do a series with Matt talking about nutrition more in depth. So all your questions are going to be tackled there. We're going to be looking at weight training. What should you do there? We're going to look at the fit diesel app. Coming up next, we're going to find out what this app is all about. What are the benefits of it? How does it operate? What's coming up in the future? But again, one of the things you talked about about your app is it takes into consideration a lot of factors, which we'll explore more, which are muscle building. All of a sudden, you don't gain muscle linearly. <laughs> that doesn't happen. You don't lose fat linearly. You're up and down with water, as you mentioned. If you have your heater on for long, if you have your air conditioning on for long, all this stuff can change your weight. Because it's it's interesting. Human beings like things simple. And I think that's why everybody loved the 3,500 calories a week thing, and they love being able to just watch your weight. That was the only thing that mattered. But we know it isn't. We know it's body fat. We know it's being able to gain muscle mass for a lot of reasons. And especially, you know, as we get older, sarcopenia is going to be an issue. But um, that's the neat thing about you is because yours explained, hey, look, you know, you gained two pounds last week. But, you know, this is probably the adding on of muscle over the last six weeks that you've been hitting it hard. And now it's starting to pile up. You mentioned you get hungry sometimes with high calories. That could be something related to that as well. And, you know, you recommend Fitbit. I know we're going to talk a little bit about that. But is it important to track your calories like that? How many you're spending? So this is one of the things that Dr. Bill Campbell mentioned to me on the DM that I really appreciate. He said, Matt, well, the, he, I'm paraphrasing. It's not his quote. I have it, but I don't, I don't remember his quote exactly. But he said that the fact that you're willing to have this studied in a lab by anybody, you don't care who, uh, he said that kind of confidence. And Alan was on live and I said, I said, absolutely. I know it works. I know the truth in it. Go ahead and do it. Use it. If you, if you know something works, you have no fear of anybody testing it. And then the second thing is – I told him that all the things I'm using, these, these activity consistency with your tracker, whatever it is, no matter which one it is, they're all wrong. Or external factors. A client can misjudge an external factor. Absolutely can. There's probability there that can be an inaccuracy, could be there, even though we teach them video, virtual coaching videos and the messages and so on. And then um, pregnancy and breastfeeding, we take that into account. Well, that comes from medical professionals and Johns Hopkins and everybody else. Well, not every female is perfectly correct in, in how they go through pregnancy, right? And their metabolism and everything else. And not every female needs 650 calories of breastfeeding, even though they recommend that, for example. So these are all, we're all working off great estimates. Well, that's what this is. And the way you look at it, when I told Dr. Campbell, I said, he said, I appreciate that you're saying, he said, none of these things are accurate, but he said, you're not using this, these as fact. He's and I was because the reason I the reason he said that's because of this statement. I said, Doc, you use DEXA scan besides other imaging, but DEXA scan is one that's used in research studies. It's 10 to 30 percent off. So, does that mean we don't use it, or do we use it and get a starting baseline, create that same baseline every time conditions, and we use the trend? And he said. Now that's accurate. And what you're saying there 
is different and that can be used. So this thing's wrong. Mine's a Garmin. Some else have a Fitbit, some else have an Apple, whatever it is, they're wrong. But when you get a trend from someone and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, I missed the workout, Matt. And I usually burn 2,500 calories, but today I'm at 2,140. What do I do? Well, that's an accurate difference. You've been doing 2,500 every single week, and all of a sudden you miss a workout, or you got on a plane, or you had to travel, or on vacation, laying on the beach, and your calories down. Well, we can use that. We can use that to say, let's, let's, let's reduce calories. It's not perfect, but it's going to be real close. No, it's like, I like that a lot because it really does help because people sometimes get confused about that. And that's another comment I want to make here before we wrap up. And I, I'd like to get your take. I think you would agree too, folks. Always make sure you, you pick the coach who knows about this world. And what I mean by that is you're going to get there's medical doctors out there. And again, this isn't a knock on them, but a lot of honest medical doctors will tell you they only take two to three courses in nutrition. Um, some of them may read books about it, but that changes the ball game all of a sudden. And you, everybody's different. You may be sitting out here listening today right now and you want to get a six pack. You may be listening here today. You want to lose 20 pounds. You may be listening today. You want to get in better shape because you're 40 or 30 or 50. So that matters too. But listening to certain do medical doctors jumping into the field has been really interesting to me seeing it because I think this even makes it more complicated for the listeners out there to say, wait a minute, Matt, you're not a doctor. This guy's a medical doctor. And I'm looking right. at it going, yeah, but he's a medical doctor. I'm not going to go argue with him about liver disease. But when it comes to nutrition, you know, we can have a good conversation because I don't think they're going to be that sharp with it. <laughs> but I don't know. What's your take on that? There are very few physicians, MDs or DOs, that are chiropractors. We have chiropractors out there now to give fitness advice, nutrition advice that are educated from us, what I call always in state, a science-based nutrition, strength conditioning background. Few are. I can name a couple. Dr. Ides, I believe it is in Europe, is Dr. Allo, uh, the cardiologist. He's like a mm. double board certified cardiologist. Great guy. I've met him on, through a friend of mine on TikTok. Uh, and I support science-based people because uh, there's very few and we need, we need more of that. So, the number of clients, we have, matter of fact, you may can see it. We have so many testimonials, whether they're video or they're they're written on Google or if they're on TikTok. We have a few hundred examples of different testimonials that are midway through, fully through. The number of people who've been to a physician that were type 2 diabetics that are not anymore and their physicians couldn't get them to lose weight, it's just a lot of people. It really is a lot of people. I don't even know the number. It's a lot. But the one I'm, I'm speaking about the most lately is because we always we always look at the the cool we look at the Jordan move or we look at the worst case scenario and this is kind of the worst case scenario. This guy's Google reviews are he's still a client of mine. He was given five to ten years to live, mm. and he was the probability of losing digits was high. His A1C was thirteen point seven. For listeners, that is out, the outer space high. Okay, not good. Um, he started with me because his wife, uh, after pregnancy was a client of mine and he finally jumped on and he went from a 13.7 A1C to a 6.6, .6. a 6.4 folks is pre-diabetic. 
uh, 6.6 A1C. He dropped that much in six months. And I wasn't dieting him to lose weight. I increased his metabolism at that point a thousand calories. So his physicians were, his, he says it in there, his endocrinologist and his primary care were just flabbergasted because they said, first of all, someone who has a 13.7 A1C would take years to reduce that typically. And you didn't do it by eating low carb or dieting. Now, technically he dieted at some point, right, doc? Because we know that when I'm reversing someone's metabolism, they're going into a deficit at some point. It's a byproduct of it because I'm giving them so many small amount of calories. Metabolism speeds up. It exceeds the calories I've given it. So that's why, the, yes, they're losing fat. It's not some magical thing that's going on. But the way I do it is strategic to get that byproduct. So he lost fat while he's eating more calories. And that just blew their mind. And it's going to blow most people's minds because that's not a very heard of thing. Most people who reverse diet, coaches that know how to do it, will say, you have to accept fat gain. The reason I did not do it that way is because when I was a fitness coordinator in the government, I had hundreds of people to try this with. They were always coming back. The great thing about people who are, they're not spec ops people, but they're from the spec ops or they have that mentality and we're in a special mission type of situation. You know, they're very high performing individuals. They'll do anything to get better. They'll try anything. So I had a lot of guinea pigs. Well, the reason I was doing it is because I didn't think you could sell the general populace on, hey, you're obese. You really yo-yo dieted badly. And I'm going to have to increase your calories because your metabolism is so low. I can't even diet you. It's not professional. It's not right. It's not healthy. You can't even get the micronutrients and vitamins and minerals you need in. But you're going to have to accept fat gain to do it. I mean, think about that sale. Walk, I mean, you'd have to be the best salesman in the world to pull that off. You have to gain <laughs> fat to increase metabolism because you screwed yourself up so badly before I even diet you. So I knew there was a better way. I knew it was possible in my opinion. I just had to find all the details, the difference in male and female and menstrual cycle and pregnancy and breastfeeding and all that stuff. I just had to do a lot of trial and error. And luckily, I was the fitness coordinator for over 500 people. And I, I, I just would, I just had an Excel spreadsheet with so many people at a time and I would just go through that and then I'd grab another group and then keep going. And that's where I came up with this, this method. Crazy stuff. By the way, folks, if you're not familiar, A1C is an overall trend of blood sugar levels and you should be under 5.7. Um, if you weren't familiar with it, but 13 is just, I mean, it's, it's post-diabetes. <laughs> there is such a thing. It's already way beyond, I think 6.7 is diabetic. Yeah. So that's insane. So yeah, you, you go from six, in six months, you go from five to 10 years, you could die or start losing digits to this diagnosis of five to 10 years to death is now gone. And you're eating a thousand more calories. There's something to that. I guess another important fact too, folks, is keep an open mind that the industry is always learning. We were learning a lot about now cholesterol. I've had some interviews about that. And now they're saying focus on ApoB, not on LDLs and HDLs. That ball game has changed. Yeah. There's, you know, it used to be the older one. I think now it's really getting hammers breastfeeding. They used to say uh, first it was great, then it didn't really matter. Now they're right back to, you know what? We missed out on a lot of nutrients that we should be giving our babies on breastfeeding. It's like, Whoa. Okay. So science just, it's an evolving process, right? Yeah. We're thinking about it. how many times has coffee been bad for us? You know what? Nobody remembers that time. I don't know. You're, you're still younger than me, but I remember, I think it was a 90. Was it 90? No, it was back further than that. 
How old am I? Either way, it was around the 90s. I remember when I was looking at it, and coffee was always hammered. People used to say, you know, coffee's bad for you, coffee's bad for you, coffee's bad for you. And I remember one day at work, years ago, I saw this green mermaid thing. And I'm looking at it going, what's this green mermaid? Why is everybody drinking this green mermaid cup? And I thought, what's going on with this? What's this green mermaid thing? You ever heard of Starbucks? It's like Starbucks. I said, what is that? And they said, coffee. I said, coffee? It's terrible for you. No, 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 it's not. Said, really? <laughs> I've just been reading it for like the last five years. Now you're saying it's not bad for me? And then I looked <laughs> at it. All of a sudden, it changed. Like everybody was drinking. So this is actually even before they really started pushing the, the benefits of caffeine now. Because now it's all over the place, all the benefits, right? But do you remember yeah. that when it used to be bad for you? Oh, I do. That's what I'm saying. I mean, how many, how many times has coffee, they've gone back and forth with coffee. They really have. They've, they've, it's been bad for you. It's been good for you. I mean, it's, it's not been once. It's been many times. There's people that try to demonize it. I mean, there's people that try to say, there's a bad researcher in Brazil that tries to say that hip thrust has no point to it and it doesn't have any benefit. And that's just, you couldn't be more wrong. I mean, uh, there's... I mean, the artificial sweetener group, oh, that one. They're, they're beyond religious zealot. They're beyond that. I mean, it is, it's a cultist, basically. Uh, when we have, they hear one rat study or something else or cherry pick study uh, in a Petri dish. And all of a sudden we told you, and we're sitting here going, we have tons of human trials, lots of them and meta-analyses and they're not. And you'd have to drink like 80,000 soft drinks to poison yourself. You know, Alan Aragon did a great multiplication of all that stuff in a post. Uh, and, but you can't blame people. And that's why when people come on with me. I handle things a little differently when I have trolls or somebody like that. I, I take a government route. I don't get emotion. It doesn't affect me. When people say something to me, I, I, I'm not big enough or something or you, whatever it is. I'm like, I, I don't care. But fortunately, I was, I grew up the way I did and, and being around tier one individuals and operators and being around that professionalism, it just changes you. Um, I handle them like this. I look at them more in this way. Hey, um, I was where you were at one point. I didn't have the right education. So let me educate you and hopefully you you go look into it. I can't make you. But if you're going to live the rest of your life because you can't have a soft drink or you're going to live the rest of your life because you can't have bread or like the guy I'm about to rebuttal here soon, the apparently American bread is worse than European bread. And if you don't take his supplement, then you won't digest it properly. Um, if, if you're going to believe that stuff, you're going to live life not in a fun fashion and not ever reach your goals optimally on how you want to look. And that just sucks. So if you're going to be that close-minded, uh, I can't help that part, but it doesn't offend me. You know, man, that's an interesting. Maybe we'll do that on the upcoming podcast. We'll see what your listeners have to say over there and my listeners as well. I'm pretty sure they'll be excited about it, but I think we should talk about. I don't have a problem with the, their main premise, which is, you know, I don't want man-made artificial sweeteners. I don't want this type of bread. I get it. I understand it. It sounds intuitively nice, but, <laughs> you know, I think you're, you're you're misunderstanding the point. And for going around fear mongering, you have another issue. And I think that might be a good podcast to come up next is to talk about the right attitude, the right mindset to go into fitness. Because, again, your Fit Diesel app, for, that forces you. But 
shapes the mindset of the individual taking it. I don't know, this is maybe psyching out folks and geeking out, but I know Matt probably did, maybe he did see this. You, you mentally shape every client you have with your app because they get indoctrinated by you through your videos, the external factors that comes up every week. And you're looking yeah. at the, that's right, that's right. It's the sodium, I gotta be careful. And everything pops up and after a while you shape them into <laughs> how they're viewing fitness, how they're viewing their own life. And I think that'd be a fascinating conversation because we have a lot of people that make a lot of money off of fear mongering. Well, I think it'd be a good one to have. I really do. I think that would be uh, very helpful to a lot of people um, that it may help them spot uh, what snake oil is or what isn't, or, or if somebody's just lack of education. Like some people I'll say to them, like there's one guy recently has a quarter million people on TikTok more than I do on fitness and everything he has stated that I've personally heard so far has no backing from any study or any science whatsoever. And I do, I do mean zero so far. I, I have not found that quite yet. And uh, he calls himself the cynic. Um, but the, here's what I say to people. It's very interesting. When you speak truth and you back up truth, and what I like to back it up with is citations, but I have, I'm a fan of testimonials as my people are. There's only a few things I ask them. If you really appreciate what we've done for you, please give us a testimonial. Help other people. Let's show people it really works. I don't tell them what to say. Put down what you feel. And they'll just write their story. I mean, I ate little food. Now I'm eating this. And I lost that with that. And now I'm down to here. I've never had abs in 52. All that stuff from a female, blah, blah, blah. Well, the, the reason I like that is because when you show, when you speak truth, you show the citation, and then you have hundreds and hundreds of testimonials from people who are 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, postpartum, all those different things. It's not 20-year-olds, not, not Mr. Olympia. Then, Doc, I have yet to have one come at me yet. They all block my account. And that is a sign. To me, that's the exact sign I'm looking for. Because it either tells me you're not open-minded or you know you're wrong, one of the two, and you block me. And that's that's happened across the board so far. Uh, Carnivore MD has never come back at me because he's not going to be able to. Dr. Fung's not going to come back at me because he's not going to be able to. All yeah. those people, no. Yeah. yeah, Paul, I think, Paul's been interesting to see. That's Dr. Saladino, folks. Um, he's interesting to see because I think he really doesn't care anymore if people go after him. He's dedicated to his bunch. And yeah. He just stays right on it. And you can do whatever yep. you want. I'm, I'm not worried about you. I'm just keeping here. And he goes, yeah, I think it'd be a great conversation. And one, one more thing I wanted to add, if I could, Matt, to your comment. When you say I use citations, that used to be strong. And I, yeah. I'm going to tell people now, the way Matt uses citations is what I think is, and I think every researcher believes is a true researcher, is the right way to use it. Because what I mean is, I can sit here and say, well, Matt, I, I look, at the, look at this study over here by Johnson & Johnson, da, 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 <laughs> but it was done on, like you mentioned earlier, a Petri dish, or it was ratatouille, as I always say, you know, it was done on ratatouille, but I never mentioned it. And that's people mm -hmm. using citations, I'm having air quotes right now, because that's what they, you know, they think is great. But again, this is where you start seeing the facade and <laughs> start falling apart pretty quick. You know, it, it, it definitely can. I mean, it's uh, um, the only person I've ever had, Doc, to say, and I'll give him credit now, the only person who's ever apologized publicly and said they were wrong and actually said he understands reverse dying to a very extensive level was a guy named Joel Twinham on TikTok. 
uh, he did a, he did a cherry pick stitch and and uh, uh, what they don't know about me is it's like in the government we don't when you some in some situations of course you're gonna move around but in many situations it's drive through you know tactically <laughs> well when somebody comes at me I'm about to I'm about to bring the whole squad right for you and I'm gonna pound it. And that's what I do. And it's just, uh, you, you can't, I've, I've learned one thing in life. It's very difficult to beat truth. So maybe may be for a little while. So may lie about you, but if, eventually it comes out in the wash eventually, in my opinion. So my experience. Folks, you're in good hands. If you're following Fit Diesel, if you're following Matt Estridge, by the way, again, Fit Diesel Strength over on Instagram for my listeners. You can catch it at Fit Diesel Strength, fitdieselstrength.com. Matt, this is only the tip of the iceberg, my friend. We got a long way to go, but I can't wait to go through this journey with you on this series. And by the way, folks, you should send Matt a, a message and see if he should start his own podcast. Because I get the funny feeling you'd probably like that more. <laughs> I'll have to get some advice from you if I'm going to head down that road. <laughs> Thank you so much again for doing this, Matt. Yes, sir. I'm going to turn off the TikTok here on this, guys. Guys, um, we're actually going to do a tier one tactics. So we, we do a lot of tactics here, too. I don't mention that a ton to you all. So on the Tier 1 Tactics channel, I'll turn it on when we go through that. We're going to talk about some of the CQB and, and stories I've, I've, I have in that realm, and um, if that interests you. So uh, thanks for joining the live here while Doc interviews me. Uh, have a great one. God bless. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You know what to do. Share, subscribe, hit that like button, and be careful with some of those fitness influencers out there. Go follow Fit Diesel Strength.